Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to mini episode 317 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have five spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from the 26th of October 2023. And story number one comes from Eleni. I've always been fascinated with the paranormal. But at the same time, I hope on a daily basis that I never encounter anything. Saying that, I am certain that as I was growing up, I was subject to a lot of paranormal phenomena. It spanned the time I was in my childhood home, all in one house and nothing has happened since I moved. The house I grew up in was a 1930s semi on the outskirts of London. It was almost derelict when we moved in, as it had been neglected by the old lady who lived there before. However, my parents wanted a project, and the price tag was right for them at the time. When I was seven or eight, I remember not being able to take my eyes off the bottom of my bed. I just knew someone was there, sitting there, watching me, and I didn't like it. For whatever reason, I closed my eyes and thought of my granddad, a man that I can't remember, who died a day before my first birthday and was buried on the day of it. I don't even know what he looked like. But at that moment, I felt something warm brush my forehead, and shortly after, I fell straight to sleep. Telling my mum the next day, she told me that she believed he was my guardian angel. But I didn't want to believe any of that, so I brushed it off as the pillow somehow stroking my head. Fast forward a few years... I'm in the same room, still feeling slightly uneasy, but I was used to it. One month, I got gifted a CD player. For whatever reason, this CD player loved to open and close, even when the plug was off. I have no idea how it happened and why, but needless to say, it freaked me out. However, it was harmless. And that's when things started to change. When I was around 11, I heard someone having a clear asthma attack. They couldn't breathe, they were really struggling. I obviously jolted out of bed to find out if everyone was okay. Running into my parents' room, I was met by silence. They were sound asleep. But back on the landing, I could hear breathing. Someone or something struggling for breath. I ran to my brother's room. Again, silence. The sound was coming from downstairs and I was not about to go down there and see what it was. I was terrified but somehow found it within me to go back to sleep without a problem. I never heard it again, but to this day, I do not know how I slept at all that night. When I was 17, I was finding myself and wanted to design my own room. I bought a large clock and hung it on the wall that was around a foot away from my bed in the middle of the room. One night, I woke to the sound of clicking. I ran to get my mum to make sure I wasn't losing my mind, and she came into the room. Luckily, she could hear it too. 
That's when the face of it started exploding. Not once, not twice, but four times and shards of glass flew onto my bed. If I hadn't woken up, I could have been quite hurt. A few nights later, I went to sip my water in the night only to find that the glass was cracked at the top and shards had sunk to the bottom of the glass. I didn't drink it, luckily. I've only realised when writing this that most of the things that happened to me involved glass. Later on, I would be alone in the house and light bulbs would pop out of their sockets, spinning manically on the floor when they landed and photo frames would fall off ledges and smash on the ground. Obviously, there were photos of me and I hated it. My parents still live there and I still visit with my two children, but I still feel uneasy every time I'm there. But luckily, nothing has happened since. I'm sure there is a scientific explanation to all of this, but I'm not sure it would be able to explain the feelings that I got. Though I'm glad nothing has happened since moving out. Needless to say, I don't wish to experience any of that again. Look, first of all, Eleni, I hope I pronounced your name right. I'm not sure that I did, but I'm going to say something. Is it possible that you were the reason that all of these things were happening? Is it possible that you gave off some energy or some force that caused glasses to shatter and caused, you know, things to fall off the wall and shatter and light bulbs to come out of their sockets? You know, we read all the time about poltergeists knocking around when teenagers are going through some stuff like puberty or going through some difficult times and next minute all of a sudden poltergeist activity starts happening. What if it's not? external what if it what if it came from you i mean in fairness that doesn't explain the feelings though i will say that that doesn't explain that feeling of like somebody's watching you or the sound of somebody struggling to breathe the sound of somebody having an asthma attack that's terrifying that honestly is is like nightmare material is that residual energy from the older woman that used to live in the house oh either way it's awful and no wonder you were up checking checking your parents room checking your brother's room and in a way you know if you could if you got up and the sound stopped you could say it was some sort of sleep paralysis like a dream or maybe you know exploding head syndrome but if you got up and checked and then checked your brother's room and every time went out into the landing you could still hear it like that is scary shit and I don't blame you for saying that you don't wish to experience any of it again but I do wonder if all of the glass shattering bits and pieces were actually you Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. And story number two comes from Kim. It's been 44 years since my experience and I have not told anyone. The only person that knows of this was my roommate and best friend who at the time witnessed these haunting encounters. I dated my first true love in high school for three years. We were inseparable and thought at the time that we were soulmates for life. He was one year older than me and when he went away to college we sadly broke up, which usually happens. 
We both started dating other people, but he continued to do things like randomly send me flowers with cryptic messages and call me in the middle of the night with total silence at the other end. In those days, we only had landlines with no caller ID, but I always knew it was him. I forgot to mention that while dating, he would constantly tell me he was going to die young, which I thought was very odd and would blow it off. Moving forward one year, he came back into town during the holidays and was partying with his old high school buddies. Bad choices were made and he got into a car with an intoxicated person behind the wheel. The car hit a tree and flipped several times and all other four people walked away except him who incurred a massive head injury which left him in a coma in the hospital for over a month. Finally, at the young age of 20 years old, he passed away. So him telling me he would die young really did happen. On the day of his funeral, coincidentally, the gravediggers went on strike and his body lay in cold storage for about three weeks. Now here's where it turns me into a believer and will forever change my mind. For these three weeks while he lay in cold storage, I would receive a call in the middle of every night with total dead silence on the other end. Both I and my roommate knew it was him, as this is what he did while he was alive on occasion. Sometimes I would have to disconnect the phone, as it got to be so upsetting. But as soon as I plugged the phone back in, it started again. When the gravedigger strike ended, and on the exact day he was finally buried, the calls stopped. And never again did this happen to me. Kim, stop it. This is, that, that is wild. That is crazy and must have been so traumatic at the time. I have some experience in people predicting when they were going to die. And I know that people will listen and, and they'll say, oh, you know, this person said they were going to die young because of the lifestyle they were living. It was just kind of an assumption. They were like, whoa, if I don't stop living this lifestyle, I'm going to die young. But I, I knew somebody who, who lived a normal, not very wild life and who said they were going to die at a certain age. And they did. They they died at that age and I've never been able to explain it. I've never been able to understand why they specifically said that age and how they ended up dying at that age. It just blows my mind. But those phone calls are wild. I posted on TikTok recently like a series about phone calls from beyond the grave. And let me tell you the amount of people that were in the comments having had similar experiences of receiving calls from loved ones who have passed away And it's very, very coincidental that the calls stopped when he was buried. What I am glad is that your roommate and friend was there to experience this along with you and look after you during this experience so that your experience could be validated. And I don't mean for us. I don't mean for the listeners. I don't mean for me. I mean for you yourself that you can go, listen, this is actually happening. This is happening. This has happened before when he was alive and it is happening again now that he's dead. And then the day that he gets buried, it stops. And I'm glad that you had somebody to share that with at the time. And strain number three comes from Bob. During our recent visit to Ireland, we spent a day in Cove. My wife and I, being Catholic, went to Mass at the cathedral there. While our daughter, who's not practising, and the rest of our group drove around Cove. When they picked us up after Mass, we visited the Titanic Museum there. Before we entered the museum, our daughter was fine. She drove the others around Cove and was fine during our photo ops before we entered the museum. When we entered the Titanic Museum, she suddenly got extremely cold. So cold, her hands were getting numb. As though she was experiencing the cold North Atlantic waters that the Titanic was sinking in. She also said she really didn't feel well. While we toured the museum, she continued to feel the same sensations. 
after we left the museum, we decided to get something to eat at one of the local restaurants. All she ordered was soup and only had a few spoonfuls of that. We decided to go back to the place where we were staying, normally only a 30-minute drive. That day, because of the cannonball rally that was ending in Cove, it took us two and a half hours. She finally began to warm up by the time we were at the cottage. During our time in the museum, the rest of our group, there were six of us in total, were fine, never experiencing anything like she experienced. The rest of that day and the next, she was her normal self. Now, I've never been to any of the Titanic museums, but we all sort of grew up, especially when Titanic, the film, came out. I mean, prior to that, people were pretty fascinated by the Titanic disaster and the huge loss of life and the things that could have been done to prevent it and how needless the loss of life was, etc., etc. But when the Titanic film came out, I think it everybody doubly was interested in the Titanic. So what I mean by that is it holds a massive, powerful, emotional energy for a lot of people. And while I'm not implying that that is what made your daughter feel unwell, I wonder if all of that emotional energy, all of these people who are coming to the Titanic desperate to know more about it, trying to learn about it, coupled with the energy of the actual disaster itself. Maybe it causes people to feel those feelings of the emotional horror that people who were on the Titanic felt when the ship went down. Maybe that mix of the current emotional involvement that people have in the Titanic and the emotional horror of what actually happened allows something to be replayed or revisited in the modern day. We hear stories about this all the time where people visit a historical place or a commemorative museum or whatever and they feel the feelings of the people that experienced that in the first place. And look, we're all made up of energy so who's to say that it can't be replayed in places where there is a particular interest in that event? And story number four comes from Lindsay. My husband and I have a ghost cat that we have named Orville. Back in 2019, my husband and I moved in together after both leaving relationships. And we are major lovers of animals. We have numerous cats that I brought with me, leaving my former relationship, and that we have acquired and raised together. One day while playing with the furry gang, my husband's son watched Gizmo, our furry brown kitten, sit up on her back legs like a groundhog and stare up the stairs. At that point, she starts to have a game and play with another cat, but there were no cats there. Weird, right? Fast forward to when we were moving out of the rental home. We corralled all of our kitties in one of our upstairs bedrooms while we were moving out all of the furniture. Once the house had been emptied, my husband made one final trip to bring the kitties to their new home. He was alone in our home and checked it one last time. He went upstairs to the bedroom to put the kitties in their carriers and head out to the car. With all the cats in their transports, another cat, a brown one, ran past him. Scared him because all of our cats were spoken for. He looked up and down the house and no cat. Numerous other experiences happened. Seeing this same cat out of the corner of our eye in our new house walking in weird places, sitting on the couch, guarding our daughter's bedroom, going on vacation with us. At this point, we named him Orville, and he is officially part of the family. Orville loves to sneak up behind me in the bathroom in the morning and push my legs out from behind me when I'm brushing my teeth or doing my hair. I can feel the fur and the push of a cat on my legs when I'm alone in the bathroom with the door closed. 
Never have we felt scared of Orville. He is just a furry friend from the afterlife looking for a family to love him. And he found his home with us. Oh, that's really sweet. And I wonder if, similar to the story that we had on Wednesday about, I think the cat was named Chloe, and the Chloe, the real cat, and then the ghost cat that seemed to accompany Chloe. I wonder if in this instance, you know, you've got your loads of loads of cats in your family and maybe maybe there was a spirit of a cat that was like, hey, I can be here and I can be safe and I can play with the other cats and have a nice time. And these people love their cats so I can be loved and feel like I'm part of this family too, which is very sweet. And also a cheap way to have another pet, you know, one less mouth to physically feed, but also all the benefits of the um, leg rubbing that cats love to do. It's very sweet as well that Orville chooses to make himself known in a moment where the two of you are alone. Like he's getting your attention in that moment because the others can't because the door is closed. I think that's very, very sweet. And story number four comes from Anonymous. And just to give a warning before this story starts, this story surrounds a child who takes her own life. In 2020, my cousin's 11-year-old daughter, my little cousin, Rose, took her own life. This was devastating to our family and how my cousin, her mother, is still functioning every day is beyond me. Not long after the death, my daughter, Rose's little cousin, who looked up to her big cousin, lost her friendship bracelet within our house. Not uncommon for a five-year-old, they lose everything. I looked high and low for this bracelet and couldn't find it for the life of me. While working from home one day, I left my office, which was my living room couch, to make a snack in the kitchen. Upon entering the kitchen, I had an overwhelming feeling take over my body. Every hair on my arm stood up and I heard Rose's voice in my head. She said, Tell my mom I love her and that I'm okay. I was never scared. It was a calm, peaceful feeling. I replied, Rose, I will. We love you very much and miss you so much more. Please be with your mom. She needs you so very badly. After that, the feeling went away and everything was back to normal. After making my delicious charcuterie snack, I turned to walk back into my living room and in the middle of the living room floor was the friendship bracelet that my daughter had lost. It was not there when I left the room and I was alone in the house. I truly believe that it was Rose sending her love to her little cousin from heaven. To this day, I know it was her and I know she still loves to check in on us and her little cousin. Anonymous, I have, I have very little to say about this story. I can't even begin to imagine the devastation and pain that your family would have felt when this little girl took her own life. But I am so glad that she was able to find a way to communicate with you in both kind of hearing her voice and also the lost bracelet. I mean, it's just, it's lovely. And I'm sure there are lots of people listening who will need to hear a story like this today. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Eleni, Kim, Bob, Lindsay and Anonymous for sending in your stories. Remember the last story came from the 26th of October 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash reallifeghoststories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.